0: We'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for february 12 2024 i'll go ahead and uh, get us started today with the updated group prayer list of current event prayer points this is the part two version father god in heaven in the name of the lord jesus christ we pray for your intervention regarding all weather warfare to destroy crop yields and create famine for god's intervention regarding the inferno incineration events caused by directed energy weapon attacks arson, and all other ways these fires are being started and all the wicked plants surrounding this to be destroyed. For the eradication worldwide of all chemtrail programs, Nexrad Doppler ultrasound weather manipulation, and NASA blast wave accelerators. For the destruction and neutralization of all radiation sources, especially 4G, 5G, and 6G radiation coming from the base stations, towers, smart meters, smartphones, <clears throat> etc., and the thousands of satellites being launched sending intense microwave radiation over the entire earth specifically for God's judgment on the companies of SpaceX, OneWeb, T-Telesat, AST and Science, Omnispace Amazon, and Earth Now, and for the physical protection of our families and animals from these EMFs, for the eradication of all pan- pandemic plagues worldwide, for the destruction of the exploding GMO weaponized tick and mosquito populations everywhere, for the destruction of the mandatory vaccine mandates being implemented and that the truth would come out about them, for the destruction of the wicked factions of modern medicine the pharmaceutical and the vaccine industries for god to stop and defeat the demiurge, which is the god of chaos who seeks to destroy all of humanity and infest humans with the ai parasites primarily via the dna defiling vaccines for the destruction of any non-human entities that walk among defile exploit murder or infiltrate humanity for the stoppage of all illegal alien terrorist embedded soldier caravans coming into the us and for um, the stoppage and the exposure of the Latin American, Chinese, Ru- Russian, and Muslim fifth column sleeper sol- soldiers embedded in America and elsewhere. For the stoppage and the exposure of the Muslim invasion of Europe, America, and Canada. For the eradication worldwide of all plain deep state and Muslim false flag events everywhere. For the eradication and the exposure of all pedo pedopredator, all child sex trafficking networks like Protasia and Nambla. We pray for the destruction of all adrenochrome harvesting complexes worldwide and for the rescue of all children imprisoned in these satanic torture centers, and for the destruction of the LGBTQ movement and against the normalization of all child molestation and sexualization of teens, children, and babies, and for the protection of all infants, children, teenagers, and adults caught in all evil networks. All these evil networks. For the eradication of all adult and child pornography, bestiality, pornography, snuff film sources, and businesses. For the eradication of all abortion clinics and Planned Parenthood centers worldwide, and the stripping of all the power powers of witchcraft from their owners and their employees. For the eradication of all witchcraft being done worldwide to try to bring in more evil death and destruction. For the stoppage of the South African genocide of whites and the genocide of blacks in Africa. For God to neutralize and stop the Fukushima nuclear radiation contamination and nuclear radiation reactors breaking down worldwide. We pray against the internet kill switch implementation. For the destruction and the plans and wickedness of high level governments and politicians everywhere for the destruction of the global banking cartels and the 13 families of the illuminati for the canceling of any big brother draconian changes uh, taking place worldwide against further vote rigging in the elections everywhere for the destruction of all wickedness being perpetuated by hollywood netflix hulu disney amazon google facebook twitter instagram youtube and all the tech giants and dominant streaming content producers For the destruction of all wicked factions of the music and entertainment industries to be eradicated for the eradication of the vatican the pope and catholicism and that the catholics would be saved for all satanic ritual abuse and mk ultra mind control victims that they be delivered saved and protected from the satanic agenda that has been implemented against them for the wicked factions of the public universities and the public school systems to be turned to righteousness for the masses to get saved and have eyes to see ears to hear and hearts to receive the truth and for the Lord to deactivate, neutralize, destroy, and purge any and all COVID-19 vaccine spike proteins, nanobots, nanoparticles, nanotech, graphene oxide, microchips, implants, luciferase, hydrogel, wicked bacteria, viruses, candida, prions, and parasites in or in or on our bodies, and to deactivate, neutralize, destroy, and purge any other wicked things the globalist elite may have gotten into our bodies. And we loose legions of angels regarding all these prayer points to accomplish your will, And we bind up every devil, demon, evil entity, or fallen angel that would try to hinder these petitions or angels and command them to go where Jesus Christ tells them to go and command that none can come to take their place. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, so getting right into the study, we're going to cover a lot of different topics today. And uh, first one, I just had to cover this just to kind of let people know, I guess, how bad it's getting in certain sections of the 501c3 corporate church uh, this transformation church, which I think is a chain of churches um it would be like I guess the Mac, the McDonald's of you know the church movement and um, and I mean that in the most derogatory way possible the transformation church pastor trashes the stage, destroys a Bible and Communion Elements, which is part of a blasphemous sermon illustration. A month after Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, hosted a celebration of life for the late pro-abortion. So they they celebrated this guy's life, and he was pro-abortion. He was also pro-LGBTQ. He denied hell. He denied the Trinity. He was a universalist. like He was a Unitarian bishop. I mean, Unitarianism, it doesn't get much worse as far as... I understand there's there's I mean it really is a cult but as far as pseudo Christian cults go it doesn't get much worse than a unitarian universalist you know and that would be right right up the alley pro you know pro abortion pro LGBT hell denying trinity denying universalist unitarian bishop uh Carlton Pearson they had a celebration of life for this guy who went to his reward in hellfire. And the, the person that did it was the lead pastor of uh, this transformation church in Oklahoma, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma named Michael Todd. Praising him as a man of God who faithfully lived out the gospel message. I guess if you're going by the satanic Bible, yeah, I would say he did live out that gospel sure todd reiterated his contempt for these scriptures by then trashing the stage which is good because you know the bible doesn't say that everything should be done in decency and in order in the house of god it doesn't say that oh oh, actually it does sorry and that we ought to know how we should behave ourselves in the house of god and that we should have reverence you know and in, in the house of god to god and these types of things not act like a total demon possessed moron who's trashing the stage and then he starts i mean this is this is real pouring syrup and whipped cream all over a bible and the communion elements as part of a blasphemous sermon illustration boy i talk you talk about no fear of god whatsoever um, this Michael Todd guy is the fashion obsessed leader known for crowd surfing. Like, you know, like when you go to like a really, like a rock concert or something like that. And, and, and the guy, the lead singer will go and he'll drop the microphone and he'll, he'll just kind of like go stiff and, and all the people will hold him up with their hands. And that's, I think that's crowd surfing. It's what he's in reference to, which again, it's real, real biblical to do in church, obviously, um, he does crowd surfing during worship services, uh, preaching some good old fashioned modalism, which is denying the Trinity and giving the world perhaps the grossest illustration. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit—they deny that. Okay, and giving the world perhaps the grossest illustration in the church after he and I—I I kind of, I kind of made this a little bit more um, palatable. This next line here, so I'm just kind of warning—it's really gross. He gave the world's perhaps the grossest illustration in church after he twice snorted and then spit and blew snot into his hand. The, he blew snot and spit into his hand and then rubbed it into another man's face. Now I don't I don't know what he's trying to you know I, I I mean I I'm almost speechless. I, I what do you say to this i mean this is just blasphemy everywhere you turn in a place like this and as the bible says and my people love to have it so or the ones that would identify now i'm not saying all christians but in in this case those christians that go to a nut house like this an insane asylum called transformation church they do love to have it so you know why I know that? Because they keep going back every week. Teacher they they're pursuing, you know, their teachers having itching ears and, and you know. It's just beyond comprehension. He recently had a service where ballet dancers with bare behinds danced around the stage, and then a recent sermon where he offered a muddled, confused, contradictory, and seeming, and seeming apology. For what God's word says about homosexuality. I'm surprised he doesn't use the Queen James Bible, which has altered all the verses, and probably most of the Bible, in regard to making it very, very pro-LGBT. I don't know what they did about the whole, you know, thing with Sodom and Gomorrah. They must have just kind of taken that one out, and Romans 1, they must have greatly modified that and then all the things in leviticus where it says if a man lie with a man and woman with a woman you take him out and you kill him because if you don't do it it defiles the land which again is why i've always said with homosexuality and these types of sin um child sacrifice those are sins that the bible uh, also um a man or a woman lying with a beast an animal um those are sins a witchcraft also Those are sins that defile the land. So you could say, I don't care what somebody does in the privacy of their own home. You should. Because whatever they're doing, if it's wicked. Let's say you've got an LGBTQ, men with men, sodomizing. And let's say they're also witches. Which, it really goes hand in glove. And you know they're going to be pro-choice. Okay? All of those things, those devils are doing and or giving money toward. Like, let's say they, they support... Um, let, let, let's say you had a homosexual uh, couple, two men that had, um, had an abortion clinic and were witches. Okay. And we're also into bestiality. You could say, well, I don't care what somebody else does. Every single one of those things that they're doing is literally bringing a curse on the land. And that does affect you. And it does affect your family. And it gives a right for devils and demons to, to come into our realm of existence and occupy. And then you wonder why it's always worse in cities. That's why, because there's more wickedness and sin that goes on in cities. And it's also where you always see, it's always where the, the more the liberals are attracted to. I mean, you always, whenever you do, like, oh, this is these are the blue parts and these are the red parts, and, and the more conservative are always in the suburbs in America, and then you always have the wicked. Uh, the wicked people congregating in the cities. Now, I'm not saying any of my listeners living in the cities are not calling you wicked. I'm just telling you that's just a historical. I mean, you, you can look at the. I mean, when they do like Democrat versus Republican, and again, I know it's right-left paradigm, but you'll they'll show you. You you probably seen maps, and it's like yeah, it's not a coincidence. Because when you get away from the cities, then you're you're getting away from that concentration of sin. There's also a lot more things that are accessible from a sin standpoint, typically in the cities like strip clubs and abortion clinics. And, um, you know, more, there's more like uh, bars and stuff. And there's more access to illicit drugs and illicit everything in cities than there would be in a rural community. Okay. So, um, and a guy like this, or a church like this, all they're doing is just making the world more wicked. And and making, they're bringing a reproach to the body of Christ, to, to, to the name of Christ. And it's almost like that's what they're trying to do. Um, they're glorying in their shame. They have no fear of God whatsoever. Uh, they're just, they're making a mockery of the word of God Uh, Well, they're trying to, I should say. Making a mockery of the word of God, Jesus Christ, anything holy. It's like they're so demon-possessed, yet they call themselves Christians. But they're trying to do as much damage and make Christianity look like the biggest mockery that they possibly can because that's what their actions are. That's what they're doing. That's the motivating factor, evidently, is, is they really want... Um, Christianity to just look totally powerless, totally ridiculous, and no different than the insanity that I think you would see just elsewhere in the world uh, and in a lot of other places. Uh, going further, let's see here. Um, further, one of the one of their pastors, I guess the pastors at Transformation, justifies his continual cussing by confessing that quote i have never felt a conviction of the holy spirit well he wouldn't feel a conviction about evidently he's cussing in front of people while he's doing sermons okay why would he feel a conviction by the holy spirit when the holy spirit does not dwell in him he also has no chastening of god like anyone else here why because they're not god's children because if you be Christ well then you're Abraham's seen heirs according to the promise that was the verse that came in my head but um, you're going to be chastened of god and if you and if you be without chastisement meaning like without discipline if you do something wrong and you stay in habitual sin against god god's going to chasten you he's going to discipline you he's going to like a father spanking his child If ye be without chastisement, though, then you're bastards. Well, why would he ever have a conviction of the Holy Spirit when he's never known the Holy Spirit? That doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, And so he's never felt a conviction of the Holy Spirit about this and then argued on his podcast that belief in the Trinity is a non-essential issue and that it should not be considered cheating if a married man is caught dancing and twerking With another woman. So. Yeah. That's the kind of church. The transformation church. Yeah. They're going to transform you into twice the child of hellfire. Like Jesus talks about. Then we have this. Blood sacrifice ritual at the Grammys. As Olivia Rodrigo smears blood on her face. uh, The walls behind her leak blood during her song Vampire. While Taylor Swift. Was seen in the audience dancing along to the blood-letting performance. Yeah. Rising star Olivia Rodrigo performed her hit song Vampire at the 2024 Grammys. On set. I, I guess she won all kinds of awards. And I, I saw a little bit of this clip where she's singing and there's blood coming out from like the backdrop behind her, and Taylor Swift's up there dancing and stuff. And, um,. I'm seeing more and more stuff where Taylor Swift's not even a woman, it's a guy. And I know you could say, oh, it's no way. Well, I don't know, there's a lot of compelling videos of there. In fact, I've seen so many videos lately on so many women that are in Hollywood that they're making very compelling cases with, you know, you can look at the navel to hip ratios to shoulder ratios. These are things that are anatomical. Jawlines, Adam app, Adam's apples, and they show what they look like when they were younger before they got their Adam's apple shaved. And these things are, like I said, they're they're anatomical things. You can't really change them. And I can't really zero in on stuff like that because you'd almost have to have a separate, like I guess if I had a team of like, you know, 15 people, and they wanted and one of those people wanted to zero in on that. But there's other people doing it you know what i mean but i'm just one person so i i can't do that um i have mentioned this type of stuff I and mean, it's a well-known fact that you know michael obama which uh, barack obama has called him michael several times in in public speeches i I've, I've played the clips before um 100% it was known he was a guy before when they were together at the beginning but they they yes it was always the plan to put um, Obama, Barack, into office, but the thing is, is that they couldn't. They 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 knew the world was not ready for an open trainee two homosexuals with one as a woman appearing. That there, there's no way they were ready for that yet. Now we're probably getting pretty close there. But so what they did with Michael is they're like, okay, well you can have your whatever. Then he didn't get a sex change because you know you can look that one up anyway um but he is basically a trainee and it's been well known um Joan Rivers month before she died came out reporter came out I played the clip before and he asked her about Michelle Obama and she's like oh please everybody not hollywood knows Michelle's a Michelle's a trainee you know everybody and she was dead within a month it's it's like so many things that are just so well known that are so matter of fact, but n- nobody in Heli would dare speak a word about it because their careers would be over and or they'd be dead. Um there but it's an open it's a totally open secret, okay? And that's the case for so I I'm I'm just seeing more and more compelling evidence of this. That that study I didn't do too long ago on Shania Twain. They're not, if you actually look at the way these so-called women are actually built, especially when they were younger before they came up, they're not built like women. Now, and they're not, I don't think everyone is an an obvious trainee. I don't think that. But trust, there's stuff they can do for their hips too, and there's stuff they can, they they do all the surgeries to try to make themselves look like women. Um, but I saw a video the other day on on Taylor Swift. And I mean, it was pretty tough to deny. Pretty tough to deny. Um, So, you just have to accept the fact that at that level, there is nothing... There's nothing too wicked that they're not going to try to push and condone. So... I was listening, I, I saw a little clip of it, and I'm like, that has got to be the worst-sounding song. This vampire song. And then supposedly she had won all these other Grammys or whatever. And I'm like, it just, it sounded so talentless as well. On on top of everything else, it was like, wow. I mean, it's gotten to the point in Hollywood, and I've heard a lot of the Hollywood performers say this. They're like, a lot of the people you would see in Hollywood, on TV, or even singers, I mean, there's all kind of ways they can auto-tune voices and things of this nature. And the acting, some of the actors who I always thought, like, when I was growing up, I'm like, how did Keanu Reeves, because he just seemed like the most horrible actor. Like, he could not act at all, really, I thought. I never felt that that he could, yet he got all these gigantic roles. Well, it, it depends on probably bloodline and probably also how far are you willing to sell out to satan what kind of deal did you sign and a lot of people in Hollywood and in the music industry said that's that's one of the as we go further in time that's one of the key factors for if you're going to progress is how because there's people of far more talent but they just they weren't willing to you know sell out to satan to that degree um so that's 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 a very common thing as well The 20-year-old singer and Gen Z icon began with a somber performance explaining how she was taken advantage of by a vampiric lover, which soon crescendoed into her smearing blood on her face while the walls behind her poured out blood. Oh, isn't that neato? And then um, there's there's a clip if you want to see it or whatever. Just your average Hollywood Satanism on display. And here's some of the lyrics. Uh... The course of Vampire is as follows. I've made some real big mistakes, but you make the worst one look fine. I'm assuming she's talking to this vampire. I should have known it was strange. You only come out at night. I used to think I was smart, but you made me look so naive. The way you sold me for parts as you sunk your teeth into me. Oh, blood sucker, fame, blanker. Bleeding me dry like a GD vampire. Aren't those good, wholesome, wonderful lyrics that you want to bring your children up on? You know, what well, Taylor Swift's doing the whole witchcraft ceremonies on stage essentially, and yet she's the wholesome one, she's the whatever. And it's all you see anymore is about Taylor Swift. I mean, they, th- this. I'm I'm recording this while the uh quote Super Bowl is going on. Supposedly, you know, biggest viewed, biggest betting. I'm <laughs> like, man. Uh I heard they were betting on what color uh sweater will Taylor Swift be wearing during the game? And I would think I think it'd be red because isn't she like with that Kelsey guy, the Mr. Mr. Pro vax? In fact, that's why he supposedly is with her is a reward because he came out with did the Pfizer telling you to take your Pfizer shot and your 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 uh, your flu shots and all that other stuff that devil Kelsey or whatever um, anyway but evidently that was there were they were betting on that in Vegas evidently that's that's where we're at as a society um, music industry sellout Taylor Swift was seen in the audience dancing along to the bloodletting performance uh swift is quite familiar with delivering dark performances at these kinds of events herself in fact she was recently accused of performing witchcraft um yeah even newsweek covered that during her eros tour tour in 2023 they are all witches at that level warlocks they're all heavily involved in the occult they're all sold out to satan they've all you know made that signed that deal with satan to get fame and fortune the entertainment industry routinely uses demonic satanic or masonic imagery during performances by top singers with cheerleading by the mainstream media like sam smith's song unholy at the 2023 grammys brought to you by pfizer the pfizer kill shot of course it is and then Katy perry's dark horse at the 2014 grammys uh i'm pretty sure i did a study on that i might have done I, yeah i think i did one on sam smith's unholy i did one on Katy perry's dark horse little nas i've also done at least two or three reports on that devil uh little nas x's call me by your name at the 2021 bet awards and then madonna's song illuminati in her rebel heart tour 2020 so yeah yeah that's where we're at and then oh here's that here's that video is taylor swift a man lipstick on a pig the trainee agenda. There's a whole. That's only about five minutes, you know. So I give you, I give you the link to that in the PDF. All right, let's go further. Uh, switching gears, I've heard a lot about this, and as soon as I heard it, I knew they had um, uh, got it wrong. And I'll, I'll explain that in a, in, in a second here. The, the current location of Satan's throne. Talked about in Revelation two, in Bible places, Pergamos, A.K.A. Pergamum, Revelation two twelve and two thirteen, and to the church, and to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write these things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges, I know thy works in where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Okay, now you said say Satan's seat. What does that mean? Okay, well if we break down the word seat. Uh, it's actually, the pronunciation is thron, thronos, thron, thronos from the Greek. Um, and it is translated as throne 54 times in the New Testament and um, seven times as seat. So it's basically interchangeable. Throne, seat. Okay. All right, we'll come back to that, though. I know. Um, I know that works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days where an Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. Okay, so Antipas was slain where Satan dwelleth. Well, that's also where Satan's seat is. Where is that? Well, it's Pergamos. Okay, it's to the angel of the church of Pergamos. And there's all these videos up there, and I, I, I'm i going to play one that alludes to that, where they say, no, it's Davos, Switzerland. I mean, it's not Davos, Switzerland, guys. The Bible's really clear. This isn't rocket science here. He was not martyred in Davos, Switzerland. And they're trying to prove the whole thing about World Economic Forum's there. And, um, uh, you know, Klaus Schwab. And then CERN is there. And the whole nine yards. And so, therefore, Satan's seat is there. And, again, it's a really... I, I've watched the videos on it, and I'm like, this is so flawed. I'm like, you're trying to, you're you're basically creating a narrative and trying to um, manipulate and outright falsify information just to get you to the narrative, the false narrative you're trying to push. Listen, I'm not denying that CERN and Davos, Switzerland and the World Economic Forum and all the garbage that goes on there isn't totally wicked and that they're, yes, probably a fountainhead source for a ton of... Um, have they, 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 they just had a uh, a thing there. Um, World Economic Forum just had another thing there in Davos. Okay, so I'm, I'm not saying that it isn't a major place where some of the most draconian evil information is coming out of. But Satan's seat at the time of this writing was in Pergamos. And it says where Satan dwelleth. And that's where Antipas was martyred. Okay, Pergamos was a city in the western Asia Minor, uh, which is now modern Turkey. Now I give you a couple maps here, if you want to see. It's in the PDF, and it shows you exactly where Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea are on this map in Asia Minor. And um, really, this is this is back in the days of the writing of the when when this was written in the Bible. Okay, in the New Testament. It's not a modern day map and then i show you a modern day map of where pergamum is now okay and it's basically on the uh western most portion of turkey near the coast so again it's a city in western asia minor modern turkey north of smyrna and about 15 miles inland from the aegean sea for a while it was the capital of the roman province of asia pergamos was famous for its library and its beautiful architecture, it also contained a complex of temples to Zeus, Athena, and other Greek gods, and also temples to Roman emperors. The Church of Pergamos uh, is the third in the, of the seven letters written in Revelation. Today, all that is left of the city of Pergamum, now modern-day Turkey, are the ruins. But the Apostle John wrote in his letter to the church there, it was one of the most influential cities in the Roman Empire. Pergamum had a unique status that was different than any other city because it was the political center in one of the locations of the seven churches of, of Asia Minor, as recorded in the book of Revelation. It was from there that all rulings were made that affected the whole of Asia Minor. The city's Acropolis rivaled Athens and Greece, and its library was the second largest in the ancient world. Its collection was so great that the Roman general, Mark Antony, presented it as a wedding gift to Cleopatra. Today, all that is left is the foundation. The altar of Zeus was taken more than a 1,000 miles away to Germany. Zeus is basically interchangeable for Satan. Okay? Zeus, Satan. Zeus was the the supreme of all the Greek gods or whatever. When they're referring in the Bible, in Revelation 2, as Satan's seat, and where Satan dwelleth, they're they're really, um, particularly Satan's seat, they are in reference to the altar of Zeus. Okay? um the regarding biblical usage the word throne or seat again we're looking at that the pergamum altar was mon, was a monumental construction during the reign of the ancient king king eumenes ii in the in the first half of the second century bc on one of the terraces of the acropolis of Pergamon in asia minor or modern-day turkey the structure was approximately 116 feet wide now, this is basically Satan's seat we're talking about. The Pergamum altar. Okay, the, the throne of Zeus or whatever. Okay. Um, the structure was 116 feet approximately, 116 feet wide, 109 feet deep, and the front stairway was almost 65 feet wide. The base was decorated with a frieze in high relief showing the battle between the giants, so the Nephilim and the Olympian gods, who were probably <laughs> their their Oh, their prodigy, they're, the, the Olympian gods produced them, okay, just by mating with women, just like Genesis 6 describes. The sons of gods saw the daughters of men that they're fair, they're, you know, took them wise all that they chose and they bore them giants. So, there is, there are these big sculptures known as friezes in high relief showing the battle between the giants and the Olympian gods known as the, oh boy, getting, anyway it's called gigantomachy gigantomachy that was the what the that's the exact um uh, way to pronounce it okay so that was the battle between um the giants and the olympian gods in 1878 the german engineer carl human started official ex- excavations on the acropolis of pergamon in an effort that lasted until 1886 the relief panels from the Pergamon Altar were subsequently transferred to Berlin, where they were placed on display in the Pergamon Pergamon Museum. Okay? Now, let's go further. I'm going to play a series of little videos here that kind of gets into this further. The reason I'm doing this is because it's the only place in the Bible that talks about this, where the Satan, where Satan's seat is, his throne essentially, and who knows how much this may come into play going into like the tribulation period when the antichrist and false prophet comes who knows that that might also become a really big thing for the antichrist for him now I'm, i i know there's not really bible for that but you know obviously we don't know everything that's going to happen in the tribulation we we we're not privy to every single thing that's going to go down and it just wouldn't surprise me if this is something that was coveted by the antichrist and if they could move it from you know pergamum in in turkey all the way to berlin and they could you know erect it flawlessly essentially like it was there why couldn't they do it again if the antichrist wanted that okay so anyway i, I thought it was interesting so let's go ahead and listen to some info info on this
1: i don't know, but there are some modern connections to geneva that are pretty strange geneva is the location of the headquarters for the world economic forum good morning Klaus. okay so
0: he's talking about this whole thing with this geneva controversy that i've seen so much lately about pergamon in this in the, the throne of satan and this type of stuff okay so he's kind of addressed that a little bit
2: like where are we we are here at the headquarters of the world economic forum in Geneva. There's no organization in the world... Which I'm sorry, it's
0: Geneva, Switzerland. I'm sorry.
2: ...such a great future as we have. Because we fit exactly into what the world needs today.
3: Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains. And um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants...
0: Okay, I had to adjust the volume on that. I'm sorry. I'm going to play this last part again because... We're going to talk about this again later because Elon Musk just came out with the whole thing about where he successfully implanted a Neuralink chip into a human brain, supposedly for the first time. It's probably been done millions of times, who knows. But um, here is Klaus Schwab, Dr. Evil, the World Economic Forum, you know, elder statesman, pure evil, talking about how we're all going to have implants in our brains. Let me just back this up just a hair. Yeah, um, I can immediately feel. Okay, I I messed up again. I'm sorry. Um, sometimes I think I'm recording and I'm not recording, and uh, vice versa. So, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm I'm giving you my C game today. I'm giving you my, my, my maybe my D or F game. So anyway, uh, I apologize. I'm gonna back this up one more time and try this again, where Klaus Schwab is talking about us having uh, implants in our brains here.
3: Can you imagine so that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains?
0: Uh- so there, they're, I, and I forgot even said that in this video, this is so pertinent because again, we're going to be talking about the Neuralink thing with Elon Musk and how ev- the, there's a large swath of people that are just absolutely already embracing this they're 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 wanting to get this show on the road they're wanting to get all the upgrades they're wanting to get all the goodies they're they're wanting to get whatever kind of seeming advantage that they can get um they don't care about their humanity they want to be transhuman they want to be a cyborg which is part human part machine uh and they want to get that show on the road as quickly as possible
3: and um I can immediately feel because you all will have implants.
1: I
0: ain't going to have an implant. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Things are headquartered in Geneva, such as the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, the United Nations have at least 12 different headquarters there, an organization for migration, as well as labor organizations, computing centers, the International Bureau of Education, and a conference on disarmament, and the list goes on and
0: on. They're showing all the things that are... And yes, I mean, that could be a major capital-like, and I think it already is, center for almost every evil, wicked agenda on planet Earth. If you had to pick one spot on the Earth where that was going on, it would be definitely Geneva, Switzerland.
1: Within the past few years, multiple edits have been made to the Wikipedia page on Antipas saying that he was actually martyred in Lyons or Geneva, Switzerland. This caused this theory to be spread in multiple places across the internet. But in order to know the true location of Satan's throne, we just simply have to read the verse prior to that verse in Revelation 2. To the angel of the church in Pergamum, write, I know your works and where you dwell where Satan's throne now,
0: is. Now, notice he's he's reading a different version, okay? But it's Satan's throne is Satan's seat, okay? And that, that word seat also means
1: throne and that was straight from the Greek, so. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. According to the book of Revelation, we can see that the location of Satan's throne is in Pergamum. But actually, there's a deeper connection to be made here, one that may tie Geneva back into the equation. But first, let's look at why Pergamum is referenced as the location for Satan's throne.
4: When it came to worshipping the gods of the empire, Pergamum was exactly the right place to be. Nearly every major deity had a temple here. No matter what you desired,
3: or what you needed, or what you dreamt for the
1: gods would offer here to fulfill that for you. Pergamum was a location known for- He's
0: got some music playing in the background. That's not on my end. I don't think that's a good idea to do when you're trying to broadcast because it's like you're trying to focus in on the guy talking and now you got like background music. So understand that's where that's coming from.
1: Extreme idol worship. People would travel there to worship all types of false idols and false gods from all around the region.
4: On one side, it was a very beautiful city, but on the flip side, it was one of the darkest, eeriest cities in the whole Roman Empire. Oh, yeah. The people of Pergamon were known as the temple keepers of Asia. The city had three temples dedicated to the worship of the Roman emperor, another for the goddess Athena, and the great altar of Zeus, the king of the Greek gods. Right,
0: And, and Satan, essentially. Okay, and um, that's the one that they moved to, eventually to Berlin.
4: Many scholars believe this altar is the throne of Satan yeah. mentioned in and, the Book of Revelation. And they're
0: showing it right now. I mean, it's it's there in Germany right now. I mean, they're they're showing the the pictures of it. I, I I in fact I post a picture of it in uh, this PDF if you want to see one, or you can just look it up online. That
4: word throne was first used to describe a chair that was used in a personal private residence and it was the chair for the lord of the house the master of the house the very fact that jesus would use that word in this verse means satan felt at home there right
0: right okay so we have that now um i'm gonna play this one and this is the seat of satan pergamum hitler and nazi germany because this ties back into Hitler as well, this whole uh, subject here. Ancient Pergamon,
4: the center of pagan worship in Asia Minor, once known as the place where Satan dwells. In the first century, it was a thriving city, but after countless wars and natural disasters, the temples of Pergamon lay in ruins. By the mid-nineteenth century, the once great city of Pergamon was barely a memory. The locals were using the site as a quarry, looting the marble for new buildings. Until 1864, when a German engineer paid a visit. Karl Hohmann was shocked by the destruction of the priceless artifacts, so he got permission to excavate the ancient city himself. And what he found was one of the greatest monuments in history, the Altar of Zeus. Stone by stone the altar was excavated and brought here to Berlin and then it was reassembled and placed in its own museum. The Pergamum Museum was finished in 1930 with the altar as its centerpiece. Eventually it caught the eye of a young man named Albert Speer, the new chief architect for the Nazi party. Adolf Hitler had commissioned him to design the parade grounds for the party rallies in Nuremberg and for inspiration. Speer
3: turned to the Pergamon altar. Speer gives all the credit to Hitler. I think that he's like a good interior decorator that someone hires, and that client already has the ideas of what he wants to do. It's
0: literally showing Speer and Hitler looking over, I believe, blueprints for this in these archive pictures.
3: And the decorator agrees with him and just fulfills them. So that's what Speer did. Using
4: the altar as his model. Speer created a colossal grandstand at the Rally Grounds. It became known as the Zeppelin Tribune. After the war, only a small part of it was left standing. In the middle of the grandstand, where the altar to Zeus stood in ancient Pergamon, Albert Speer well, built... Well, a
0: replica of the model. It was a much larger replica of this and it wasn't it wasn't exactly the same it was it was um, it was patterned after it but it would almost it, like if you look at the the altar of pergamon now satan's throne or whatever it had these columns in the middle and those had to be taken out in order for where hitler would stand to speak and but it was it was in the same kind of rectangular pattern and it was patterned after that and i'm sure that there's a really heavy duty high level satanic reason for them, patterning that after the this um, uh, altar of Zeus, altar of Satan, essentially.
4: Hitler's podium. Hitler wanted to create what he called a mass experience, and Speer came up with the perfect idea. Most of the Nuremberg rallies were held at night, so Speer surrounded the grandstand with 150 searchlights. The columns of light extended for miles in the sky. Right. Creating the mystical
0: effect. They're showing this. And I mean, it is just like this gigantic curtain of light. I mean, you talk about something that would be overwhelming if you were there and you were hearing Hitler speak. Now, I'm not not justifying anything. I'm not what he did. But as far as from a mind control standpoint, from a grandiose standpoint, you've got this gigantic... Uh, structure that's patterned after the altar of Satan and Hitler's in the middle. And there's these spotlights that are like every 10 feet apart that ring this whole complex. And I mean, I don't even know how many people are are in this complex. I mean, it could be two, three hundred thousand people. I don't know. I mean, it is that big. And it's rung all the way around with these spotlights pointing straight up. And it's like this curtain of light that they're creating. You know, so this is the kind of overwhelming mind control things they were they were using in order to get across their message.
4: Hitler wanted the concluding meeting in Nuremberg must be exactly as solemnly and ceremonially performed as a service of the Catholic Church.
0: And Hitler used the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church when he would tell them to preach, you know... Um, the whole thing where the, the bastardization of Romans thirteen and this type of stuff where, you know, the um where they were they were basically twisting those verses to say that whatever the government tells you to do, you do that because they're always a force for good. Yeah, but what about when they're not a force for good? Anyway, I've done a whole teaching on Romans thirteen. You can you can key in at for Truth dot com. But um You know, he he wanted to use the churches which were basically once he got in there and once he took over they were nothing more than extensions of him to push his propaganda his rhetoric i mean you wonder how that stuff can go on at that transformation church well look what was going on with the churches in nazi germany they would be basically be as a tool of satan or tool of hitler to push that rhetoric and evidently the people in there thought it was okay to go and, and to kill the, the undesirables and the Jews and the gypsies and, and, and all the people that were put in the concentration camps and to implement, and then maybe some of them didn't, I'm not saying they all did, but the thing is is ultimately at the end of the day, for the most part, the whole country was going along with him, okay? And his agenda, and they were fanatical, so many of them. This effect
4: was known as the Cathedral of Light. And it became a hallmark of Hitler's events. It was even used in the closing ceremonies of the 1936 Olympics in Berlin.
3: Hitler is very much aware of German mythology, and anytime you look at mythology and gods, you're looking skyward so i don't think it's an accident that uh, he says to speer let's create an environment of looking towards the heavens and that's what it does
4: inside the rally grounds thousands of nazi party members marched in torchlight parades
3: these events happen at night which gives a contrasting effect of fear of strength of the unknown of mystery and that's all intended by him he's very theatrical torchlight
0: fire they're well. showing this archive footage i mean this was mind control and it's probably zenith i don't think there's been anything done before since then that could really compare to because it was it was done on such a grand scale now i know you could say well yeah but they're doing all kind of stuff embedded into the electronics and into the no i'm talking about if you were at some place and you were at like a rally like this i don't know how you could have done much better. From a satanic standpoint, um, it was insane what they were doing.
3: He's been part of even pre-Christian beliefs. So I think there's a kind of a quasi-mystical, semi-religious content to these, uh, these torch parades. There's many of them in Nazi Germany. From his podium, Hitler mesmerized the crowds.
4: Not every one of you sees me, and I do not see every one of you, but I feel you, and you feel me. Then, under the Cathedral of Light, thousands of Germans swore what they called a holy oath. Blazing flames, hold us together into eternity. No one shall take this faith from those who are dedicated. And when
0: they took that unholy oath, it wasn't there was nothing holy about it, that you, I mean, if you could see into the spirit world, you would have saw just legions of devils and demons going into these people as they took, I think that's why the Bible says to swear not, um, meaning taking these types of, of oaths and things of this nature, just let your yay be yay and your nay be nay, um, because anything else is sin beyond that is sin. Well, I think that's why you, you don't take those types of, oh, I mean, obviously this oath is pretty, pretty obvious it's satanic, uh, but yeah you you would just see legions of devils and demons going into these people at that particularly at the moment that they were you know taking this out and these people were demon possessed i mean you see the crazed looks in their eyes when like hitler would go by i mean these it was like worse than like rock stars from the 50s or elvis and and, you know the women falling over and going crazy and stuff like that i mean it was it was it was a law i should say it was along those lines of that level of of fervent fanatical devotion
4: germany from 1933 to 1938 hundreds of thousands of people gathered here every september for the nazi party congress and i believe
0: this is in nuremberg
4: 1934 congress that captured the attention of the world
0: now it's still this the part of this is still standing to this day they they, i guess they said they destroyed a lot of it but the um part of this is still standing
4: thanks to what may be the greatest propaganda film of all
3: time the 1934 party film is the consummate picture of hitler that's it no other
0: consummate is what he meant to say
3: was ever made of him and he didn't want any other film made of him. Everything that he wanted people to know about the Nazis is in that film. It was shown continuously for 12 years in Germany. Triumph
4: of the Will was directed by a young German actress named Lenny Riefenstahl.
3: She was a famous movie star. I would characterize her sort of as a female Indiana Jones. And she was pretty and shapely and popular romantic films, escapist. Hitler's a bit of a romantic. And so he liked her. The film portrayed Hitler as a godlike figure, the savior of the German people. Hitler's entrance in the film is from the sky as a messiah.
0: I mean, be- I don't understand, like, the maybe a ton of the Christians in Germany fled You know, But you would think that Christians that were actually really reading their Bible would have been able to very easily identify this guy as a devil. Really early on. We're not talking, you know, it takes a ton of discernment (laughs) to to figure out that Hitler, even from his earliest inception, with the fruit that he was producing, was a devil. Okay, we're talking an absolute, total devil. And I got an email not too long ago from a a long time listener. And sometimes I wonder how are these people my listeners. I don't get it. But he was telling me that he had read Mein Kampf, I don't know how many times, which is Hitler's biography. Which was the thing when he went to prison because, you know, he was, I'm sure the way he portrayed it in the book. He, oh, I'm unjustly persecuted and they're just doing this. They're putting me in prison because they know that I am supposed to be the savior. And there's people in power that don't want me to be the savior. And it was total propaganda. It would be like, it would be like sympathy for the devil, like the rolling Stones song. I'm sure that if Hitler of all people writes his own like autobiography and and his own story, Mein Kampf, which means my struggle, I'm sure it's not going to be self-serving. I'm sure it's not going to be slanted in a way that portrays that narcissistic psychopath Hitler um, in a bad light. It, it would it would never. Um, obviously, he is going to present himself in the most favorable, puritanical light possible. Why would you go to Satan and trust? satan's writing of himself now i'm not saying hitler satan but he's not too far off he's pretty demon possessed um why would you trust that when you can look at his fruit before during and after the war uh-uh, isn't that what's really supposed to matter the fruit you'll know them by their fruit okay i don't care what he says in some stupid uh, biography that he wrote about himself which is self-serving which obviously he's going to lie like a rug he's a uh, narcissistic psychopath he constantly needed all this adulation and, and to portray himself as this god and the savior-like figure he was an incredibly pathetic little man is what he was pathetic on so many levels that i i don't you know I've i've seen a lot of documentaries about him Um, But he was incredibly insecure. And I believe he had an incredible Napoleon complex type of thing. And of course, he's going to portray himself as the um, persecuted, martyr-like, savior-like figure to to people that are willing to listen. And evidently, and, and I understand at that point, there was a lot of people that wanted to hear his message because of, what, what happened after World War One, and um, how Germany was put in this position where, you know, they were economically wrecked and you had the Weimar Republic and, and, you know, you could have a wheelbarrow full of money. It couldn't even buy a loaf of bread. People in that condition in that environment are going to be much more willing to listen to somebody like hitler than they would be if things were going all fine and dandy cotton candy and again this is why i've said in order for them to bring in the new world order they've got to burn down the old and in order to burn down the old again they're going to you know probably devalue the currency we're going to have world war 3 we're going to have you know Everything that you can imagine—it's going to be shock and awe. It's going to be order out of chaos. It's going to be all these new order clichés that you've heard me use over and over again, in order to bring us to maximum desperation, so that we will accept the antichrist and false prophet and whatever they offer us, and and will accept cashless societies and things of this of this nature. Well, they were in kind of a similar situation in Nazi Germany, and that's one of the big reasons they were so. Amiable, so uh, susceptible to his message. Okay, and then he had all these millions and millions of dollars behind him, primarily from I. G. Farben. Okay, the the chemical company that uh, uh, produced the Zyklon Zycan- B nerve gas used in Auschwitz and in the other concentration camps, um, that later uh, transformed into a you know a lot of different pharmaceutical companies that we still have to this day. I. G. Farben was one of the main financial drivers behind Hitler he was like a failed house painter he, he painted like watercolors and stuff and you know he didn't have all this money behind him out of nowhere okay the there were three different companies German companies BASF IG Farben and I think Hoechst, that got behind him and um were the the driving monetary force behind him and, and and after the war none of those companies went away they just kind of rebranded themselves and um as far as i know they're all going to this day so ig Farben, you know you, you get in the medical pharma cartel type stuff chemical stuff and, and that was again one of the main driving forces behind him
3: descending down through the heavens through the clouds to the faithful waiting for him below and anytime he appears that any people that are anywhere near up close to him have these starry-eyed looks in their eyes, glazed looks almost, as if they're in the presence of an unearthly being. That's
0: intentional. Well, And again, you're not seeing the demons and devils operating through Hitler. And you're not seeing the demons and devils possessing the people that are worshipping him. So see, that's the one thing. You can watch the archive footage, but you can't see what's going on from a... um, demonic standpoint from a probably fallen fallen angelic standpoint as well um but that's what's really driving this whole thing
4: in his speeches hitler often borrowed
3: christian phrases like in this scene with the hitler Youth. after they sing their song devoted to him hail hitler to thee which is (laughs) almost like a religious chant he goes into his speech and then he says things like you are flesh of our flesh and blood of our blood well he Borrows that from the Roman Catholic ritual with which he's very familiar. It's a very physical statement and it resonates with that crowd. Hitler's popularity skyrocketed after the release of
4: Triumph of the Will. The next year, that
0: documentary promoting him,
4: a million Germans came to Nuremberg to hear his speech.
0: September 15, 1935.
4: On the evening of September 15th, 1935.
0: Oh, uh, I forgot to tell you, though, that my my listener that said this told me he'd read Mein Kampf like I don't know how many times. And he said something to the effect that I am convinced that Hitler was a true born-again Christian. That only wanted the best for his country. And then he rambled on. I, I just stopped reading right there. I'm like, dude, dude, really? seriously i i really didn't waste a lot of time replying to that because you could tell he had drank the kool-aid there was no really the only thing i could really do for him is pray for him um but i mean it's just again why would you go by if you're reading my comp you got to understand too here's another very important thing about this You do not want to bring cursed books into your house, okay? I've said this over and you don't want to bring cursed objects into your house. It can have a devastating effect on your life. I went over this so many times about stuff like this. And if you buy a book like that, and I don't even mean an original one. I mean just a modern day one. You're bringing essentially demonic writings into your house you're you're bringing you're bringing a book in your house that was that was written under demonic influence it'd be like buying the 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 uh bringing a satanic bible into your house i had a friend long time ago uh, where i went to catholic high school in fort myers and um his name was mike and um mike was you know mike and me were really good friends um And he, uh, everything seemed fine. And then one day I remember he told me, yeah, I was in this store and I looked over and there was this satanic Bible. Like it was, it was on like a carousel and he said, I I bought it and I read it. And after that, what I noticed is that he just started getting darker and kind of darker like his his demeanor and then he would show up to my parties I, i'd throw these big parties a lot of times at my parents house um my parents gave me a lot of leeway oh man that house was was built to throw parties in and they would let me they would let me have the whole house i mean it was we had one of the biggest houses in a gated subdivision and idiot me at the age of you know i don't even know 16 17 18 they would yeah you know they'd go out for the night and just let me take it over and parents were they were they were a byproduct of the of the 60s and the, the 70s and you know eat drink you know you know party have fun and um i remember at one of the parties mike was there and he did this on more than one occasion i i look over and this is after we were both probably pretty drunk but i i distinctly remember this I look over, and we're in my, in my parents' kitchen, and Mike's got a knife. Like, out of my parents, like, you know, the cutlery things, the, the wooden cutlery blocks. He, he's got a knife. He's like, hey, look at this. And then he takes he slices his forehead open. And I'm like, Mike, what are you doing? I mean, I was crazy, but I wasn't that crazy. Okay, I did some insane stuff back in the day that I'm, you know, don't want to brag about or glorify. I'm just saying, I was pretty, pretty bad. But... I never did anything like like that where I'm bloodletting, cutting myself open. And again, people that are cutters, that, that self-mutilate and all that, that's that's all demonic. That's 100% demonic. And all the stuff that, you know, psychology, oh, they need to be on Medicaid. Well, yeah, just give them more um, and blunt their nerves, which will open them up to more demons, the pharmacia that you're giving them which will ultimately probably make the the problem worse, you know, but it, it may make them to the point where they're so numbed, numbed out that they don't cut themselves anymore. So mission accomplished. Oh, the drug was a success. Okay. So whenever you see cutting like that and then self mutilation and there's, there's examples of it in the Bible or, um, uh there, there is examples of that where like the demon pagan priests and stuff would cut themselves in order to try to, get the attention of their gods stuff like that in order to get their witchcraft to work better and i remember mike on i think at least two different parties i threw where i went into the kitchen and he was he had cut himself and was just bleeding And i was like mike i was one of the only ones that could reach him you know because we were we were we were pretty tight and everything and i could get him to stop it but I don't know if anyone else at the party could have. So I really got, I know I got off on a tangent there, but it's, I don't know. I've I've seen some weird stuff in in my day and I know that that was, but that was, I really truly believe was a fruit of him buying that satanic Bible and reading it and having it in his house. That's why you wouldn't want to have. And I I look at my listener who's read my comp, I don't know how many times and he could come to he could come to know the conclusion that Hitler was who he said he was and he was just trying to be a savior he was a really good guy and a real born again christian and i'm like I, I don't even know what to say to that <laughs> where where could i i and I did respond and i did respond in a short way and just with the overwhelming proof that Hitler was this is this isn't an argument i should be having with my listener you know what i mean i'm trying to convince him that Hitler's not a bad guy really Seriously? So anyway, just be really careful what you bring into your house. Hitler announced the Nuremberg laws,
4: laws that took away German citizenship from Jews.
3: The law for the protection of German uh, uh, blood and German honor is intended to begin the marginalization process of the Jewish people. Hitler had a lot of popular support for much of his time in office. One doesn't get popular support by saying to the public, we're going to put Jewish people in gas chambers and then incinerate them.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. And that's where it all ended up. And it wasn't just Jews. It was Jews, gypsies, undesirables, handicaps. I mean, anybody that that didn't fit the whole Aryan fifth root race, God-man, that they were supposedly trying to create. Okay, which was also, a lot of that was based out of Darwinism. As well, because it's survival of the fittest, and the Jews and the Blacks and those types are are lower in the evolutionary food. They're they're not as evolved from the monkeys as the Aryan Godmen are, and therefore we need to eliminate them and kill them. I mean, this is all satanic, every bit of it. So, yeah, just total insanity. Don't do that. What he did was gradually marginalize
4: them. It was also here that Hitler used the phrase "Final Solution." for the first time in public bitter complaints have come in from countless places citing the provocative behavior of jews this law is an attempt to find a legislative solution if this attempt fails it will be necessary to transfer the jewish problem to the national socialist
0: party for a final solution the nuremberg yeah. law stripped the jews i mean i just saw a documentary on frank the other day online and the links that the nazis went to to just i mean and, and the crazy thing if, if you look at anne frank and her diary real i mean the her daughter the diary was given to her dad he was the only one that made it through the concentration camps of the whole family once they took them away he made it but they were so close to making it that family he had his own little uh like business That he had relocated, they lived in Germany originally, and then they they relocated to, I believe it was Belgium, or the Netherlands, or whatever. No, I think it was Belgium. Um, And thinking that, okay, we kind of see the persecution potentially coming, because they were starting to feel it some. We're going to go here, because during, I don't know, the First World War they didn't move in there or or they didn't have as much problems well, anyway what they were believing was false had his own business and the dad saw this coming and instead of getting his family out of there he said no i guess i'm gonna hope that it doesn't come here but if it does i'm gonna make this false these false um uh kind of like this one false door in the back and rebuild partly the back of this business it was it was multi uh uh, multi um story building that they were in it's still there to this day you can go tour you can actually go tour the hiding place of Anne frank okay and um it worked for a long time and and he he had a heads up so he had this thing built out and they had as many people in there as they actually could it wasn't just Anne frank's family was like there was a doctor in there and i think some other people in there and that was when she wrote The Diary of Anne Frank, okay? And they were, the, the thing that's so crazy about that is that when you look at that, it's like they're losing the war, okay? When Anne Frank and them get like found out or whatever. They're they're, they're totally losing the war, okay? and And it's pretty much a hopeless situation, but you would think that the Nazis would want to prioritize winning the war and not worrying about gathering up and trying to find more Jews. But they were so demon-possessed in their ideology and so beholden to their Lord and Savior, Hitler, and that whole ideology, that it didn't matter. They were going to prioritize all the different underhanded, sneaky ways they were trying to, to blackmail and find out where the Jews were. And this is why when people email me and say they're they're Holocaust deniers, it's like, you've you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. There is millions of eyewitness accounts of not just Jews, but other People that saw the persecution, saw them being taken off to the camps. And yes, I do understand it wasn't all Jews, but it was mostly Jews they were after. That was the one, the ones that were really in the crosshairs, okay? Or anybody that would go against the whole Nazi. But a lot of the people that were going against the Nazi thing were, were the ones that thought the Jews had a right to live, okay? It, it's a historical fact. They killed them in mass. They found our troops like the american troops went in there and saw the concentrate they liberated them there's all kind of archived first-hand footage of them going into the camps first-hand testimonials you're telling me this didn't happen the holocaust deniers really well they took anne frank's family they found them. somebody ratted them out probably you know they they figured out who they thought it was it was this it was actually this detective guy he was in like the um, one of our detectives here in America and they hired him. They asked him if he wanted to come over. They gave him a team and they went through all the archives and every single thing. And they, and they determined it was probably this one guy that ratted them out in the end. And man, they were, it was so close to the end of the war. They, they were, they were so close to being in an area that would have actually been, um, you know, freed, but didn't matter. The, the the Nazis were like no no we're um we're we're gonna to the bitter bitter end we're gonna try to find every Jew we can possibly find so we can take them off to the concentration camps and kill them and that's what they did they killed everybody in Anne's family her her sister um her mom they didn't end up killing her her dad and there was others in there as well and the dad was the only one that was ever able to return and the one lady that had worked for him in this business who were covering for him because they knew that their boss was hiding back there, okay? Well, what ended up happening is um, she had found Anne's diary after the raid from the Nazis and she hid it and she gave it back to the dad when he returned. She didn't know if anybody was going to return. He was the only one that did and he was the one that took the diary and then ended up having it They what they did is, she wrote some stuff about she wasn't getting along with her mom and and some other stuff in there. There was more personal issues. the 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 finished work you see in the Diary of Anne Frank was, uh, basically, the it was basically about her emotions about the war. It, It took out the personal stuff with like her mom and the other stuff. Okay, so, but he was the one that republished that. There's a museum there to this day. You can go see the hiding place. I mean, and that's just one of the many. Myriads and millions of proofs that the Holocaust did happen, you know, and that they were after the Jews of their
3: rights as citizens. They couldn't teach in public universities. They couldn't practice medicine in public hospitals. They couldn't fly the national flag. Then that was coupled with the Reich citizenship law, which said that Jewish people in Germany were subjects of the Reich but not citizens. Hitler's final
4: solution is now known as the Holocaust, from the Greek word that means a holy burnt animal sacrifice.
0: Holy burnt animal sacrifice.
4: 8092. The faithful martyr Antipas died a holy burnt sacrifice on the altar of Zeus in Pergamon.
0: Now I don't know if that's what happened to Antipas. I don't know if that's a matter of historical fact. But wow, if he was actually martyred on the throne of Satan as as a holy burnt sacrifice to Satan on his throne, from the historical accounts I can find of Antipas of Pergamum, he was, yeah, he was martyred. And this is the way that it's portrayed in there. Uh, He was martyred during the reign of Nero, who was a total psychopath, by, ugh, they put him in a brazen bull-shaped altar. And they would put him in these, these, bull-shaped altars, and I, I would imagine that would be more representative of Moloch, and um, they would trap him in there, and then they would light the fire under the altar, the the, the bull's belly, and then burn him basically alive, but more slowly. Just unbelievably horrific. Um, and they did this for him casting out demons uh, worshipped by the local population okay so there was a guy that was literally doing deliverance and um but these are these are demons that the the locals are worshiping okay it's like an axe when I believe it was like Mars hill or whatever and they were they were you know going against their the gods that they that they worshiped and adored and made their living off of and and when you know the apostles went against that they just went nuts. And again, it's all demon motivation. It's the demons inside these people that go crazy when these devils and demons and fallen angels are being cast out or threatened or whatever. It also says that he was martyred for his faith because of his consistent faithful witnessing in the face of all the satanic evil present there. I mean, you can imagine that was like the fountainhead of wickedness for that whole, probably of all of Asia Minor. In, in pergamum okay so i mean the temple of zeus he's the highest god i mean basically the temple of satan he's the highest god they worship essentially um and then all those other devils that they were worshiping there um when antipas was advised antipas the whole world is against you antipas reputedly replied then i am against the whole world <laughs> He was supposedly roasted alive in a hollow life-sized bowl which had a bonfire under its belly because Antipas refused to renounce his faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, that's that's as real and as heavy duty as it could just about possibly get. Um, He was witnessing an eventual martyrdom for his unshakable faith in Jesus Christ are what earned Antipas um, mentioned in the pages of the Holy Scripture. Whew. yeah wow oh man god bless antipas of whom the world was not worthy as the bible talks about so and it was it wouldn't it surprise me if that was on the altar of zeus that that happened because that would be a very for from a satanic standpoint that would be a very um desirable sacrifice for some sick Satanist essentially to uh, want to try to perform
4: the place. The book of revelation calls the throne of Satan centuries later in Nuremberg in the center of a redesigned Pergamon altar. The bronze bull was replaced by a podium from there. Adolf Hitler announced his, and that
0: fr- bronze bull is probably the bull. They, they martyred Antipas in
4: solution to the world. And this time, the burnt sacrifice was six million Jews.
0: Let me let me just rewind that one more time and just so the, the first well the the one that's mentioned, okay, is the faithful martyr Antipas who would never deny Jesus Christ, was roasted in this hollow bull, okay? Most likely it sounds like in the Temple of Zeus, the Temple of Satan.
4: In the center of a redesigned Pergamon altar, the bronze bull was replaced by a podium. From there, Adolf Hitler announced his final solution to the world. Right. And this time, the burnt sacrifice was six million Jews. Right.
5: And
0: they were literally, a ton of them were literally burnt in the ovens.
4: After the war was over, Albert Speer said... It's hard to recognize the devil when he has his hand on your shoulder.
0: Yeah, and if and again, the well, big reason for that is that he let the devil get that close to him, and he was so taken over by the spirits that were emanating and operating through Hitler. You know, you 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 get in and, you, and you're in so deep, you don't even you don't even have a clue. You know, you could be thinking you're doing God's service, essentially. And the Bible talks about that. There's there's going to be those that, you know, that kill you, kill faithful Christians thinking they're doing God's service. You know, the Bible, Jesus Christ talks about that. Okay, so here's the last one that's going to tie this all together. The throne of Satan, mentioned in Revelation 2, was moved from Pergamos, Turkey, to Berlin, Germany in the, uh, well, the 1800s, really the later 1800s. And again, it was it was not finished and ready to go in Berlin until like 1930, I think. But um, and then later and later World War One and World War Two came and also brought the Holocaust. This is kind of like I believe they moved this gigantic cursed object to Berlin. And I think this had a lot to do. With the starting of World War One and World War Two, because they had moved the literally the throne of Satan to Germany, and you look at what happened, um, is it any coincidence? Is I mean, do you, it was already there in World War One. They were they were just probably putting it together. It took I think it took decades to do it right, from what I can uh, ascertain. So let's listen to this.
5: But i'll share one thing now this i gotta i gotta warn you here you know yeah. this is going to be very heavy but it's deep it's showing how real the bible is how real god is let me share one thing okay. here take now your N- take your liberty, liberty. Let's okay go. this i will call it it's it's i believe it's in that set as the dark angel sacrifice but let me this is the mystery of pergamon the next part okay now let me just let me just backtrack we started we, we share about the mystery of pergamon It begins on the Temple Mount. It's actually ultimately linked to the end times. When a man named Antiochus desecrates the Temple by setting up an idol. This is the first abomination desolation. It's going to be repeated in the last days, but this is the first one. Daniel speaks about it. He sets up an altar of Zeus over the altar, or or the the idol of Zeus over the altar of God, converts God's altar, holy altar, into an altar of Zeus. And with that, he launches a war to wipe out the Jewish people. This is Satanic. This is Satan. This is going to be the end times, Antichrist. But he does it then by a miracle. The Maccabees rise up, and they, they, they get to the temple. They win. They restore the temple. Take down that idol, the abomination. Restore Hanukkah. And you have to Hanukkah, okay? Yes. But the war doesn't end. It's almost as if the enemy is doing a counterattack, because at that same moment, a, an, a friend of Antiochus, the, the kind of portion of the Antichrist, Sets up another altar of Zeus, okay, on a gigantic, on a mountain, makes a gigantic altar, and it is called, it is the altar of Pergamon, the altar of Zeus. Now, this is one of the big pagan things of ancient times, to Zeus. Now, when you get to the book of Revelation, and it speaks to the church of Pergamon, it says, it says to the church of Pergamon, it says, Pergamon is the place where the throne of Satan is. It says where Satan dwells. And what was in Pergamon was the altar of Zeus. Now, remember, we spoke about behind yeah. all the gods, behind all... They're just masks. Behind it all is Satan. Behind yeah. all this stuff is Satan. So you have this place called the, the throne... The altar of Zeus, through altar of Pergamon, throne of Satan. Now, now I'm just going to kind of move it to where we are. All right. Christianity comes to the Roman Empire. Uh, ultimately, that altar is abandoned. Fades away, goes into the dust. Gone. Dormant. The altar of... The throne of Satan, dormant. 2,000 years. But, in the 19th century, a man uncovers this throne of Satan, and he starts sending the pieces back to his homeland. And he first doesn't know what it is. It goes back in 1871, first pieces, and, where does the, and then, then, he, then they start excavating the entire altar. The throne of Satan is now appearing in the modern age. And he sends it back piece by piece to his ancient land, I mean, to his homeland, where they reconstruct it. So now the altar of Satan or the throne of Satan is not in Pergamon, it's in Germany.
0: Now, I'm not necessarily endorsing all the stuff he said at the beginning there with the whole, you know, when he talked about Maccabees and stuff like that. I'm more playing it to get the full context of what he's talking about here because this is the subject here this Pergamon's altar of Zeus or altar of Satan.
5: Germany. Germany now has the altar, the throne of Satan, and it actually—the first pieces arrive in 1871. That's the moment Germany comes into existence. Then, in oh, eight, wow, in 1878, they begin excavating the entire altar. When they do that, 1878 is the year that anti-Semitism begins in Germany. So now, Germany has the the throne of Satan. And now they finally complete the altar in the year 1889 in Berlin is now the throne of Satan in Berlin is completed. That same year, a baby is born in a Germanic land whose name is Adolf Hitler in the year that the altar comes. But now what happens is Germany is going to be at the center of the first global. So he's
0: tying this in with the birth of Hitler, the rise of anti-Semitism. I mean, you know, it's. Pretty compelling
5: destruction of the in, in the world. The First World War is going to be centered on that, on Berlin, which has the altar yeah. of Satan. Actually, let me say one more thing about 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 this baby. I mean, is regardless that... of
0: how you might feel about that, Berlin did get, and this did start in the late 1800s, and they did start bringing the altar there. Okay, so that can't really be disputed.
5: The day in the in the Hebrew calendar that the rabbis calculate is the first day that. That there was an attempt to annihilate the Jewish people. The day that Pharaoh charged after the Israelites and and to to wipe them out of the Red Sea, that date they date is Nissan 19 as the first attempted annihilation of the Jewish people. Nissan 19 is the Hebrew day that Hitler was born. So World War One, I'm not even going. There's so much to go into, but say World War One, destruction. Well, after the war, after that destruction, the altar is still there in Berlin. What happens is. The next evil comes from Berlin, from Germany. What happens is the Nazis begin to rise, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a drama of watching when the Nazis are making. So their... this
0: thing was there essentially in World War One, and you think how could World War One and Two be centered around Germany, which it really was. I mean, without Germany, you don't have World War One or World War Two. I mean, yeah, you could say well japan might have done i don't think japan would have probably decided to attack america if they knew that america didn't have to fight on two fronts meaning america was going to have to split its resources up and, and more of its resources were probably going to the european theater the european part of the world war ii than the pacific but they knew that we would be weakened as a result of that so you know just thinking out loud
5: to berlin where the altar is in 1930 the altar is opened up to the public in pub- 1930 right. that year the Nazi- so it
0: was it was there and it was it was it was assembled but evidently it wasn't opened up to the public until 1930.
5: it goes from being the smallest political party in germany to the number two it wins the elections okay and- so in
0: 1930 the year it's unveiled to the public in berlin the nazis went from being the smallest political party to the second largest
5: the reichstag they start going to power within three years. Hitler becomes chancellor of Germany, Within four years he is dictator. And so now he Hitler, the baby, if you've got
0: the throne of Satan, essentially that the Bible talks about in revelation two. Okay. Who's the author? Uh, You could say, well, John, yeah, but it's Jesus Christ is the word and the word was God. And the word was with God. And you know, so it is the word. I believe it's, it's the inspired writing, you know, of essentially Jesus Christ through people. Um, If you bring the altar of Satan somewhere, it obviously was a absolute, total, spiritual pagan hub for worship in that whole region in Asia Minor. Okay, it's the only spot on the planet, when I did a keyword search, where the throne of Satan was talked about. Okay, it's the only time that I can see it's mentioned in the Bible, and it's in Pergamos. Okay, well you bring that to Germany, you bring that to, um, and and you 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 re um, you rebuild it. I can't imagine that's going to bear good fruit. Talk about bringing a cursed object into your possession. Except now it's affecting the whole country and this also might have been a big reason and another motivating factor why people were so crazy demon possessed out of their minds insane with the whole nazi thing and hitler and they bought into all this satanic rhetoric i mean you would think this is like germany you would think they'd be like sane you'd think they would they would they would have their wits about them and then all of a sudden they go totally off the rails when the nazis come into power and Adopt this insane satanic ideology to the point where they think they have a right to wipe off anybody off the planet that you know really doesn't agree with them and impose their will on everyone. You know it. It's like well, I think there was more at play than just Hitler. You know what I mean? There was a lot of factors. I understand there's a lot of witchcraft going on with the Third Reich. Uh, tons of that. I mean, Doc Marquis um, sent me vhs tapes a long long time ago i think he passed away but um man this was like over 20 years ago when i was i was talking to him on the phone and stuff and he sent me a whole vhs series on the occult history of the third reich and it was just it was a long vhs series on all the occult history that led up to the formation of the Nazi party and what was underpinning it and all this. I mean, just, again, more rotten, horrible fruit regarding Hitler, you know, so.
5: Born with the altar is now with the altar in Berlin. Now the Nazis have possession of the throne of Satan. I mean, this is like Indiana Jones, except it's real. I mean, this is real. Yeah, And so the the Nazis have possession of the throne of Satan, the altar of Pergamon. And so what? it's almost like, but what happens is, it's like Germany is going to become possessed. The entire yes, nation exactly. is going to become, in a sense, possessed. Right. And so one of the things that the first thing that, that what Hitler does is he says, I want a platform so I can speak to Germany, I can speak to the world. So he appoints his architect, Albert Speer, to build him a platform to right. spoo his 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 venom. So the Albert Speer happened to have visited the altar of Pergamon in Berlin. Right. So he gets the idea. I'm going to build the platform of Hitler Mm -hmm. as a recreation of the altar of Pergamon, the throne of Satan. Right. So when you see Hitler speaking at those great massive, it's in Nuremberg. When you Mm -hmm. see all the the torch lights and all that, that's all around this massive reproduction of Uh the altar of Pergamon. Right. And so when Hitler is. So again, you
0: can imagine the satanic, spiritual, dynamic component that was going on when you pattern this main area where you're trying to do your maximum mind control brainwashing you get him into this thing who knows what type of satanic fallen angelic uh influence was going on
5: pulling off and speaking it's on top of the altar the throne of Satan I mean, how exact is that? One of the major enemies, a uh, goal of the enemy, is to wipe out the Jewish people, just like he tried by putting that altar of Zeus in, on the Temple Mount, which yes. is a foreshadow yes. of the abomination in the last days. Yes. So now, what happens is, it's the throne of Satan. Well, on a throne, a king speaks. So on that throne, Hitler, the enemy speaks through Hitler. And then on, from a throne, a king rules. So from that throne comes, the ru- comes laws. What happens is... From right. that same city, at the same time of that gathering, when Hitler's on, on that on that podium, and that same time they come up with the Nuremberg Laws. Mm-hmm. The Nuremberg Laws are the beginning of the Holocaust, and that's it's on it's in Nuremberg during the rally around that altar, that Hitler for the first time says the word Final Solution, happens there on the altar of Satan or the throne of Satan. Right. But now more, now we go deeper.
0: Now this isn't just him saying that. You've heard from. Like a couple other people, where we're talking about that exact same concept here, that that's what's going on.
5: If you get deeper. The throne of Satan is not just a throne; it is an altar. What is an altar? An altar requires blood. Right. An altar requires well, a, a
0: satanic. I mean, I understand you can make a case for Old Testament altars under Le- Levitical law, I guess. But I'm talking modern day. It if it's Christian, obviously should not require blood. You know.
5: Sacrifice, an altar requires something be lifted up that way. So the first thing, not so what begins from that to, that place is the the is the beginning of the Holocaust. The Holocaust is not just a death, a sacrifice. It is a the 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 altar of Zeus was an altar of burnt offerings. Uh-huh. The Holocaust is a burnt wow. offering. Oh my God! Yeah. Satan. Yeah. Satan. Again,
0: you've heard that twice already.
5: Wow. Behind this. The altar, the altar of Pergamon involved burning and ashes. So this is, oh. this is how evil, this is how evil mm-hmm. the Satan is. Right. And so now the mystery gets even deeper. Yeah. This is how many. Remember, years? Hitler's a
0: good guy though. He's, 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 he's on the up and up. According to Mein Kampf.
5: <laughs> His Jews were burned. Six million. Sacrificed. Six million. Burned. Satanic. Satanic. Anybody who denies Satan, you, you can't, you have to deny the Holocaust.
0: Right. because there's no this way you can explain it I, I, I agree i'm sorry but too too much overwhelming proof on that one uh and again though i will say though it wasn't just jews there was a lot of people that died there were millions of others of other races and it's not just in the concentration camps. they would go into cities and if you didn't align where they would a lot of times go into cities the, the germans and they would say well who's the best and brightest and they just kill them They because they didn't want anybody with intellect being able to maybe get in the heads of other people or anybody that wasn't aligning with them or gypsies or any undesirable race they didn't like. They were, they were mowed down as well. Okay. And that went on. Um, there were millions of other people outside the concentration camps that were buried in mass graves that would fall into that as well. So I'm always going to mention them as well. Cause it wasn't just the Jews. Okay. Uh, all right, let's go further. So, I've got, I give you a picture here of the uh, Pergamum altar of Satan slash Zeus today uh, in Berlin. And I guess you can go tour it. It shows all these people like sitting on it and it's, they've recreated it, man. I mean, they, I can't even imagine how hard that would have been. But yeah, they've got it there. And um, there's a picture here. And now I'm going to go into this next subject, Um, and I I hope I have enough time for this, but this is the conspiracy surrounding Hitler and the Spear of Destiny, or Longinus, or Longinus. Okay. Now, I'm not going to get dogmatic about any of this, Okay. but I want you to at least be aware of this in case, just like the throne of Satan, the one they got from Pergamum, if it does become an issue when the Antichrist and False Prophets arise, and if these things are brought back into the realm of public thinking, I want you to be aware of this, at least. Okay, so this first clip is from the History Channel. I understand the History Channel. And I, and this is not Christian. And this is William Shatner, Mr. Captain Kirk, giving the narration here. I want, I'm not playing this because I'm trying to introduce some big dogma in your head. But I want you to be aware of this because I heard about this a long time ago when I was in a Baptist church and and this one guy started started talking about the Spear of Longinus in in the Spear of Destiny. I'm like, what is that? He's like, well, it's a spear that Hitler had when he was, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And so I don't know if this is gonna rear its ugly head again when the Antichrist and False Prophet come to power. And I want my listeners to at least be aware of it. So I'm gonna roll this. While the Old Testament of the Bible
6: describes numerous holy relics, including the menorah and the Ark of the Covenant, there are also sacred objects that are mentioned in the New Testament. One of these artifacts is a spear that was reportedly wielded by a Roman soldier during the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The origin
7: of the spear comes from the Gospel of John. Jesus is on the cross. The Romans are trying to figure out whether he's dead, because there's a lot of pressure to get him down and bury him. There was a Roman soldier who someone told him,
3: stab this guy, finish him off, make sure he's dead.
5: The Christian tradition says the name of this Roman soldier who pierces Jesus is Longinus. And there's a story that develops that he's blind or he's nearsighted. And so, when he's pierces the side of Jesus, the blood and the water comes out, that lands on his eyes and it makes him able to see. It's this miracle. Because, of course, the-
0: now I have no idea if that is true. There's other things that said that he became a Christian and he was martyred. I don't know. There's no way I can prove that, okay? But it wouldn't surprise me if something like that did happen. Blood of Christ is this miraculous sort
6: of thing. According to Christian belief, when this ordinary spear touched Jesus, it became a sacred relic and was referred to as either the Holy Lance or the Spear of Destiny.
7: For believers, the Spear of Destiny actually pierced Jesus' side and came in contact with his blood. For them, this would mean that it does, in fact, have some kind
0: of divine power. Because, And, you- and I'm not going to deny, and I don't want to get into Catholic relics and all this other stuff, but that is a really heavy-duty thing. I think we can all agree. Okay, I mean, I'm not saying it's good, but it fulfilled Scripture. Okay, now, the Bible, what they were kind of loosely referring to here... John 19, 32, and then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first, meaning the first, uh, um, like the thieves that were on the cross that were on both sides of Jesus. Break the legs of the first and the other, which was crucified with him. Then they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead. They break not his legs. Now that is also fulfillment of the scripture of not a bone of his body would be broken. Okay. That's in the old Testament. That's another thing that Jesus did to fulfill a prophecy. Okay. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there water, blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, he knoweth that he that saith it is true, that ye might believe. Um, For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Okay? And then another scripture, which is another fulfillment of scripture, they shall look upon whom they have pierced. Okay? Meaning, Jesus Christ. So, we've got that. And now, again, I don't have time to really get into this, but there are three that bear, First, John 5, 7, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, which is equivalent to Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost, okay? And these three are one, again, the Trinity, okay? Which is what modalism denies. We were just talking about that earlier. And, next verse, and there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit, capital S, meaning the Holy Spirit, the water and the blood, and I believe the water and the blood that they're in reference to is the water and blood that came out of Jesus's side. And, and there's a there's a physiological reason that Jesus was already dead, and when he he put the spear up there, and I, I again I don't have time to get into it all now, and I don't even have that part prepared. But most likely he pierced the spleen and the heart at the same time. He went through. They're always in the pictures that shows him going in the right side no it went in the left side because if you were going to ensure somebody was dead you would you would want to go under the ribs and pierce their heart now i understand this is our lord and savior jesus christ i don't mean to be irreverent i'm telling you that's how they would have looked at it okay so he probably went through the spleen and the heart with the spear okay and there was some physiological reason that i have heard and it's really interestingly and compelling that water and blood would have come out of Jesus. And that is the water and the and the blood that bear witness in the earth. Okay? There are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Okay? So that's kind of a you know major major side thing there, and I don't have time to go into it any further cuz I'm running out of time for this part.
7: Can't touch the holy without being changed or transformed because this was
6: the only weapon that is said to have pierced the body
0: of Christ. Right. I mean, let's face it guys, this thing did exist. This spear did exist. Okay. And I would imagine that after Jesus being died, being resurrected on the third day and that whole thing, that, especially if that Roman centurion or, or that Roman soldier, if, if he did get healed or even if he didn't i would imagine if you think about it that somebody would have figured out at some point that that spear be it infamous was also at the same time um i, I don't it's i don't want to say it's special but it's it's important i guess you could say it's 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 not i'm not saying it's good but it is very much historical and i would have thought that somebody probably would have tucked that tucked it away at some point i'm just thinking out loud okay and again i'm not trying to be irreverent i'm just saying from a logical standpoint
6: got going that if you had the spear of destiny the the holy lance you could not be and they're showing
0: pictures of it here in the in the where it's at in the museum in um It's in Vienna right now.
6: You were invincible, and a whole series of leaders wanted to get their hands on it, perhaps believing God would then be on their side and they would prevail. After Jesus's crucifixion, one of the rulers who reportedly came into possession of the Spear of Destiny was the 8th century
7: French King Charlemagne. Charlemagne, Charles the Great carried the lance in 47 victorious campaigns and spread his control over much of france and germany all the way into what would now 47 slovakia and hungary and so charlemagne at 800 on christmas day is crowned by the pope as emperor of the west and there were a lot of people who believed that the spear of destiny explained his success
6: Is it possible that the Spear of Destiny actually gave Charlemagne the power to vanquish his enemies? Perhaps. But if so, then such power apparently came at a heavy price.
8: Legend says that if you drop the Spear of Destiny or lose it or even really step back from it, all of your great victories are going to be as nothing. You will just fall. And that's what happened, apparently, when Charlemagne carried it into battle and dropped it. He lost that battle, even though with it, he'd won 47 battles.
0: But the 48th, he dropped it, and then he gets killed. Was the Spear of Destiny responsible for both the
6: rise and fall of Charlemagne? Today, the Spear of Destiny is on display at the Hofburg Museum in Vienna where tourists can view this historic that object shows it right and there. wonder whether it really did sway the fate of nations for centuries because of its connection to Jesus Christ.
0: Now, I don't, again, I'm not getting dogmatic over here. I'm not whatever. I want you to at least be aware of this. Okay, I don't even know if that's the real spear. We don't really know, but they're saying it is. I don't know. I want my listeners to at least be aware of, of this Going on, I've been kind of meaning to talk about this for probably years. Um, and this was a really good place to insert it because we were just talking about the altar Pergamon that's in Germany. All right, so the next one, I'm gonna try to squeeze this in here.
7: This spear has Christ's blood on it, the Son of God, and the thought is, with an object so powerful perhaps it would protect whoever holds a spear give them sort of supernatural powers
2: it becomes variously
7: known as the
2: holy lance the holy spear or the spear of destiny
0: According also the spear of longinus
2: everyone from roman emperors to medieval kings have fallen over themselves to try to possess this most
7: powerful and important of relics the spear has been
8: the cause
7: of a lot of bloodshed past its original purpose.
8: The spear crops up right the way back to Constantine the Great, who is the Roman emperor who converted to Christianity.
0: Uh, Right. It's supposedly
8: in the hands of Charlemagne. He didn't
0: convert to Christianity. Pagan, a pagan pseudo form or whatever.
8: It's in the hands of Barbarossa.
7: Even someone like Napoleon, who's so tactically minded and intelligent, tries to get a hold of the same spear himself.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're talking a lot of really famous people had possession of this at one time. Dangerous catch.
8: Obviously, there has to be a downside. And the downside is that if you've had the spear and it then passes out of your possession, you die really quickly. And this seems to be borne out by Charlemagne, who wins 47 consecutive battles and then accidentally drops it and dies. The same thing then happens to Barbarossa. He's crossing a stream and he drops it, and then he's dead just after as well.
7: So the moral of the story is, if you get the spear, just tape it to you. Just permanently glue it to your body and you'll be successful.
2: By 1912, the spear eventually ends up ensconced in the Hofburg Museum.
0: In in Vienna, Austria.
8: Being Hitler even then, the words great power, spear, to his imagination so this
0: is a whole other dynamic that's taking place in parallel with the Pergamum altar the altar of Satan that had been brought to and and according to the one guy we heard you know the the day that it was fully I, I think erected in Germany was the day Hitler was born okay and now Hitler who was actually living in Austria finds this spear of destiny in the museum at that time.
8: Goes to look at the thing and claims that he felt at one with it straight away. He this was is really- Hitler
0: when he went to the museum to see this. Later, That when he
2: had beheld it, he realized that he himself had held it in a previous century and that it had been his talisman of power plugging him into his
8: destiny. He's and deluded. Worlds he felt a connection to the first reich the roman empire and between the third reich that he was trying to build in nazi germany it's actually silly
7: it's like a, a child would think uh, that that spear is going to give you power as opposed to i don't know having a good logistical plan and deploying your troops appropriately nope it's a spear <laughs> The legend of the spear
2: also tells us a lot about Hitler's psychology.
0: Uh, Again, I think there was way more going on than the spear. Again, you've got the altar of Satan there. You've got all the witchcraft that is an integral part of the Third Reich. I mean, there's so many dynamics at play that were motivating factors that made this all happen.
7: Hitler, for all of his seeming ability to command others, was actually a really insecure person so is it really surprising that he would put so much emphasis on this one object that he thinks will give him power? I don't think so.
2: Hitler had a deep-seated need to identify himself with the amazing suffering and story of Christ or the magnificence of an emperor like Charlemagne. This was about Hitler's insecurities and narcissism. Right, right, absolutely. In 1938 once he annexes austria as chancellor of germany he orders that the spear be sent to nuremberg
0: so it's the first thing he does when he annexes austria that the spear be sent to nuremberg
2: part of the nazi movement it arrives in nuremberg with a great fanfare and is placed in saint catherine's church where it's kept under armed guard by the ss day and night
0: yeah that's how serious he was taking that
2: forward to 1944 and the Allies are advancing into the Third Reich.
0: Okay, so this is now, we fast forward to 44. the war's just about over, the uh, Allies are advancing into the Third Reich.
2: Germans move the Habsburg treasures, including
7: the Spear, into a vault underneath Nuremberg Castle. Despite the state of the war in 1944, Germany still devote a lot of resources to building a bunker to protect this Spear. The thought being that if they lose the Spear, they lose the war. So they prioritize the Spear, over other things that might have helped them succeed in the war.
2: The art bunker is intended to protect the priceless treasures from enemy bombing. But very soon, the Americans learn about the site and seize
7: the artifacts from the Nazis. 1945. American forces take possession of the vault and the spear the Americans basically frog-march these two councillors to this door in
2: Panierplatz, which is the entrance to the vault. And it's there, kind of 80 feet into this
7: rock that in this small room is stored the imperial regalia. And along with it, there's the old spear as well. At this point, something happens that some might consider to be a really bizarre coincidence.
8: As legend has it, 80 minutes after the spear is taken by the Americans, that's when Hitler commits suicide in his bunker.
0: Now, I know there's some dispute on that, but (laughs) that will be weird. I mean, the the reality is, is they did take the spear and right after that, Hitler did, you know, commit suicide. Well, again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of debate on that. The bottom line is, is, is officially Germany did lose the war pretty much in conjunction with that. I mean that was I understand they had been losing the war but that was the official end 80 minutes later essentially um and I understand Steve quails wrote a whole book on that that Hitler f- fled to um you know Antarctica and that and that may be true but the bottom line is is still no matter what Germany did lose the war at that point okay so again uh, just throwing this out there for you to no.
8: Which suggests, perhaps, that the curse was accurate and that Hitler had lost possession of the spear and died immediately afterwards.
0: Okay. So, anyway, I just want you to be aware of that. I'm not getting dogmatic. I'm not saying that this is a fact or or. A bit, but the, this there there was a spear. I don't know if that's the one, um, but it is weird. The, all the stuff surrounding that, and if it does rear its ugly head in the end times, this whole altar of zeus slash satan in the spirit of destiny if it does rear its head when the antichrist a false prophet i want you to at least be aware of it okay so i'm not gonna like do tons of teachings on this or anything but anyway god bless you and we will see you in part two